Welcome to Sci Section. My name is Raj, and I'm a journalist for the Sci Section radio show, broadcast on CFMU 93.3 FM. We are here today with Dr. Wei Zhang. Thank you for taking your time to meet with us, and we welcome you onto our show. Thank you for having me here. All right, and uh, so can you just tell our our listeners a bit about your field of research and what exactly is that you do? Sure.、Um, My field of research is protein engineering,、um, and the goal of my lab is to develop probes. So probes are synthetic molecules, and by synthetic, I mean that they are not appearing anywhere in nature. So we are creating new molecules to manipulate human cell tr- signal transduction, and the goal is to identify novel biology and at the meantime create. Novel therapeutic strategies targeting cancer and infectious diseases, and my lab、uh, currently has three active research projects. The first one being engineering protein-protein interactions in DNA repair, and the second is development of inhibitors for disease-related enzymes,、uh, with a particular focus on protein、uh, ubiquitination. And the third and the most we think is high risk, high reward project is induced proximity for targeted protein degradation. And if that is successful, we should be able to targeting any undruggable target in human cells. Thank you. That's great. And yeah, so、uh, after looking into it, you guys have had lots of、um, success at the Zhang Lab. And so one major gene editing tool is CRISPR-Cas9. And your、uh, team has created a tool to actually increase its efficiency. So, can you explain a bit about the modifications you made and how they increased the function of efficiency? That's right.、Um, but that's、um, so. That project is actually a collaboration project with、uh, my former PhD mentor,、uh, Dr. Dan Deroche,、uh, in University of Toronto, and also that was the work I did during my postdoc in、uh, Dave Sidhu's lab in Toronto. And it actually, it actually one of my first、uh, endeavor to engineer protein-protein interactions、mm-hmm. uh, in DNA repair,、um, because for CRISPR, CRISPR is、uh, related to DNA repair in many ways. As you、uh, at least most of the CRISPR、uh, gene editing、uh, applications are based on creating a break in the genome and then and then repair it using the template that、uh, researchers. Uh, provided to them, so we know that 53 BP1, the protein of interest, is a regulator for that. What it means is that 53 BP1 controls which DNA repair pathway that the DNA damage is repaired by the cells.、Yeah. So we want that to be go through the homologous re- recombination rule because that way it can be precisely repaired using the template. But the cells, especially human cells, can repair it using another repair pathway called non-homologous adjoining. So, 53PB1, if it inhibit,、uh, it will、uh, lead to a precision repair, and that is important for the gene editing because we want the gene editing to be、uh, very accurate, and we don't want any mutation involved in that process. So, what I did is. I generate an inhibitor for 53 BP1, and we call it I53, and that inhibitor can block 
accumulation of BP3-BP1 at sites of DNA damage, and then the, uh, the effect afterwards is to improve the CRISPR-Cas9 mediated gene targeting and uh, gene conversion, and the fold of uh, improvement is um, about sixfold. And that may sound not like a big deal, but in certain uh, gene editing applications, for example, in embryo and uh, uh, animal wool side, so that, is, that can lead to a dramatic um, game changer uh, for the uh, precision gene, gene editing. So I, I think this, this would really highlight the, uh, the robustness of our protein design engineering platform. And that's why in my own lab, I'm now um, employing uh, this potential of targeting DNA damage um, to, um, you know, for different applications, including further improving uh, CRISPR-Cas9-based uh, gene editing. For sure, for sure. That's great. Amazing. And so you're also now a part of a team that's dealing with COVID-19. And so how far have you come into the research of COVID-19 and how long is there like a journey ahead? Yeah, that's, uh, it's really, um, we are, you know, uh, the, the whole world is affected by COVID and uh, we, as researchers, we have, you know, we feel the need of doing something for the COVID research. And I know at, uh, you know, at, at Master, you guys are doing a lot of work there. And for me personally, I'm involved in two different teams, actually. Uh, one is uh, led by Dr. Dev Sidhu, my former postdoc mentor in Toronto. And what we are doing there is to create protein-based inhibitors for uh, the SARS-CoV-2 protease. And the SARS-CoV-2 protease is important for treating the viral polyproteins. And that is essential for the viral replication in cells. Mm -hmm. And it has another, the protease has another role of hijacking the human immune response. And so the inhibitors can suppose to uh, once don't hit two birds and targeting different functions of this protease in order to uh, stop the viral replication. Mm -hmm. And so far, we have already identified uh, potent and specific inhibitors, but that is protein-based. And so we are in the process of confirming a cellular activity. And the next step is to use small molecule displacement screens to identify chemical compounds that can be moved to therapeutics much quicker than the protein-based uh, biologics because that will uh, has issues with delivery and other things. Um, that's the project essentially led by Dr. Dev Sidhu. But for me, I mainly provide uh, uh, consulting um, because that is based on my postdoc work. And uh, another smaller project that led by me and with collaboration with uh, a faculty named Dr. Yi Sheng at uh, York University, what we are doing is we want to directly screen for nitrile compound and FDA-approved drugs to inhibit the, this, the same protease. And uh, it's uh, it actually um, supported by uh, my university, University of Guelph, and with a special donation from uh, uh, U of G uh, alumni. So what we are doing for this project is to use in silico screening methods, which are structure-based, and to identify putative inhibitors first, and then followed by the verification of their, their activity in vitro and in cells. 
And so far, we have identified one type of nitro compound that are really effective inhibiting that protease. And we're in the process of confirming that uh, by structure biology and also uh, cell biology. Uh, although we have made some progress, um, apparently, but it's still far away from therapeutics. And, uh, uh, and you probably heard of, uh, and the audience probably know that, uh, you know, there are a lot of research done on vaccine and on antibody side. And in terms of the small molecule therapeutics and protein-based therapeutics, which we are working on, uh, if any compound are confirmed, it's still uh, half a year away from medicinal chemistry work and um, probably one year for uh, animal work before talking about clinical trials. And uh, that can take much longer. So we're still far away from the therapeutics, but we are trying our best. And so uh, you're trying to create uh, something that would inhibit this protease, right? Yes. And so would that ultimately be the step forward into going towards a vaccination as you're just trying to inhibit something? Uh, yeah, it's, um, yes, we are trying to inhibit the protease. So uh, in general, we have two ways of, um, you know, battling with this virus. One is a vaccine and the other is therapeutics. So what we are doing is in the therapeutics uh, category. So we are, uh, you know, what we are doing has uh, nothing to do with the vaccine because vaccine is to using different methods to uh, have a uh, you know, non-infective uh, virus that can uh, stimulate um, human cells to uh, have the antibodies that are able to battle in the real virus once they are infected. But our therapeutics is more for the patient who are already infected with the virus because we want to cure them, we want to make them better, we want to reduce the mortality. So what we are doing is ultimately it will contribute to the therapeutics and to the clinics um, mm. that are uh, the future drugs that are being used in the hospital to treat the patients. Okay. And so um, now being part of a team that's trying to uh, understand and diagnose COVID-19, how does this uh, research differ from your past experiences with virus, such as like MERS? Right. Um, it's, so the first project I mentioned, the U of T um, project, it's essentially entirely based on my postdoc work that targeting the, the yes, you mentioned the, the MERS um, so I'm ERI's uh, code, and that's so when MERS coming out, it's called a Middle East uh, Respiratory Syndrome uh, Coronavirus, and the MERS, um, you know, after SARS, which is uh, you know we, we saw the outbreak in 2002, 2003, mm -hmm. and around 2008, 10, uh, we saw the limited outbreak of MERS, which has much higher mortality, but has lower uh, spreadness compared to, for example, SARS-CoV-2. And what we are doing there is the same strategy we're using to targeting SARS-CoV-2 for MERS is to developing protein-based inhibitors that are hijacking a particular protein-protein interaction of that protease with ubiquitin, which is a cellular protein. And what we are doing there is to mimic that interaction and create new molecules based on the ubiquitin scaffold 
and creating this synthetic ubiquity environments, and which we can then, but the, the, the characteristic of, the, of that synthetic molecule is that it binds much better than the wild type protein. So when we express that in the cells, it can disable this protease for its deubiquitination activity, the deisolation activity, two of the activities that it used to hijack the human immune response. And most importantly, it can disable its activity to cleave viral polyproteins because MERS-CoV, uh, MERS SARS-CoV, and SARS-CoV-2, they are all RNA virus. So what that means is that their, their RNA is translated into a long protein, and they need the protease to cut it into functional unit because without the protease, the virus cannot replicate in human cells. And our inhibitors uh, precisely inhibit that function. And we have tested the effect of these inhibitors in the suppression of the replication of live MERS virus. So we collaborated this with a level four uh, facility in the Netherlands. And remarkably, it, in 48 hours, these inhibitors can uh, shut down the viral replication and no viral titers can be detected in cells. And so this work was done in 2017 when we targeted MERS and another virus. Um, it's called uh, creaming Congo uh, hemorrhagic fever virus, which has much higher mortality rate. So we targeted two different virus using the same concept. And so we think we established a platform that can produce antiviral reagents that can be used for plants, animals, and humans, and to targeting all type of host pathogen interactions. So the work um, I mentioned that led by Dr. Stu at University of Toronto are basically based on this uh, work, and uh, we have already made good progress on that. All right, that's great. And so COVID has affected many other industries, and is there any significant impact that's made on the research industry in terms of supplies or maybe putting other researcher, researches that you have going on on hold to prioritize this? Uh, I first, um, back in March and April, um, definitely yes. And uh, we can see a shortage of uh, gloves and tips and all the reagents that are potentially can be used for diagnostic, for testing. And uh, uh, we, uh, as a research lab, actually are involved in donating some of the lab materials, in, in including uh, the shields, um, gloves, all, all type of, like, even PCR machines. I know that some labs uh, did so um, to donate to local hospitals and the test centers. Um, but since, since you know, our lab got shut down for about four months, and uh, since we started, we see the supply is uh, stable. Okay, that's great. And so that's the end. And it was a pleasure to have you on the show, Dr. Zhang. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And all right, guys, that's it for this week of SciSection. Make sure to check out our podcast available on global platforms for our latest interviews.